Welcome to season four of the Do More Good podcast. You're listening to the Do More Good podcast. The Do More Good podcast. Uh, welcome to Do More Good podcast. Do more good. Do good. Do more. Do more good podcast. Do more good podcast. That's what you want me to say. Okay. You're listening to the Do More Good podcast. Live from a cafe in central London, this is your 14th favourite social good show, the Do More Good Podcast. Always room for improvement, Jimbo. Okay, here we are, James, episode number 55 of the Do More Good Podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, Kenneth. I'm good. And I'm going to kick this one off. And I know that this is audio, so people won't be able to see, but I'm loving the new look, new lockdown look. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I had a bit of a run-in with a lawnmower last week. <laughs> this, is, this is the first one from lockdown, and you've obviously, you've gone in bold and just got rid, of, got rid of the haircut. Well, yeah, you know, I thought it's getting warm, isn't it? You know, it'll be, I'll be okay to test my boldness, and um, I'm actually pretty proud that you can't see too much of the boldness. So, you know, hopefully it might grow back. But yeah, I'm all right, Jimbo. I'm all right. It's been a tough Good. week, I think, hasn't it? It certainly, it certainly has. Yes, uh, an interesting one. So it uh, depends on when this when this goes out. But this was the week that Rishi announced his his package for charities. So mm. it's been greeted in different ways, isn't it, across the sector? But um, it's good that that's finally landed. Yeah. Um, and you've had a good week, I hear. We've had an we've had an amazing week. Yeah, we have. Uh, we launched our emergency appeal last week. So this past seven days has just been full on but but incredible with the, internally it's been amazing to see how good our fundraisers can be how brilliant our marketers can be just letting them loose and do your best work and they've really gone to town with it it's been it's been uh, a privilege to see them do this stuff it's really really good and then our supporters have reacted we've had so much money in it's it, unbelievable amounts like 10 times the amount of money that we thought we'd get in so amazing yeah an incredible week yeah. yeah, I think it's it's interesting actually. Just touching on that there, you know, I think the speed of decision making through this process seems to have just increased. Like people don't seem to be dwelling on stuff. Like we, yeah. I've been in working quite a lot this week, which I think also by the time this goes out, we're we're working on a bit of a challenge with all the mass events industry trying to do something later on the twenty sixth of April, the two point six challenge. But we've had like forty five people in a meeting on Teams. All of the actions have come out of that. People have taken things away. People have got on with things. You know, decisions have been made. It's just, I don't know. I don't know whether it's the technology, the situation, but people just seem to be like, okay, let's not dwell on this too long. Let's just make a decision, move forward. And, and yeah, and and I think that's hopefully a positive that's coming out. There's so many learnings from this, aren't there, around streamlining and getting stuff done. When you need to, you can do things quickly and well. No, absolutely. But talking of doing things quickly, just give me an update. What's the latest on the round the block challenge? The haircut's <laughs> got to be helping, right? That's streamlined. Round, round the block challenge is into its third week. We're up to three laps, 1.2 miles every day, five, quarter past five. Get out there with the kids. Yeah, it's going well, actually. You know, we, we see a few people because obviously people tend to be in a bit of a routine now. So if you go out at the same time every day, you, you know, you will see different people walking their dog or whatever. So people are, they are giving you on. People are, are giving us the a point where they're kind of cheer stations, flags up. 
Yes, absolutely. So people are people are cheering on the kids, not cheering on me though. I don't I don't know why what's going on there, but um, but no, yeah, it's it's been fun. How how are you and your family getting on through this? Yeah. Have you um, left the house yet? Not not yet. No no. Um, I've got to. It's got to calm down. Work is going to calm down. So we, we, yeah, I'll find some some time to to get out. Yeah. Good. Okay. Um, well, look, I, I was just thinking, James. Our guest is sitting here patiently. It's it's the end of the day on a, on a Thursday, so we probably should get on with today's show. So our guest this week started her career in marketing within the film and TV agency Joiner Momentum Pictures in 2008 as a marketing executive. After progressing her career through the field of advertising and creative, she started her journey into the third sector in October 2015. And after witnessing the effect that regular physical activity had had on her mum as she recovered from a period of severe depression, our guest was inspired to start the infamous Red January, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners have come across or seen. And so Red January is a movement that's, that's really motivating the nation to get active every day in January to beat the blues away. Uh, and since it began five years ago, it's grown in support and strength with over 150,000 people around the country and beyond all taking part and kickstarting their year in a really positive way, which is just an amazing amount of people. And so now together, the community has actually raised £2.4 million to help continue Mind's life-changing work with many in the community being supported directly by Mind Services. So it's great to have someone on the show who's been through the journey of founding a charity, being close to a cause, and then seeing it all through to the fruition and, and navigating those challenges. So we're really pleased to welcome Hannah Beecham to um, the Do More Good podcast. How are you doing, Hannah? Hello, I'm really well. I, I'm quite happy to sit and listen to the both of you, though, with regards to how your week's been. But no, it's good to be joining you. Thank you for having me. No worries. Look, we really appreciate you you taking the time and and as a CEO of a, of a charitable organisation, I'm sure you're you're busy. So thank you for that. But uh, Hannah, we like to I guess give people from on the Do More Good podcast a bit of an insight into to people's backgrounds and their and their journey. Can you just talk a little bit more about your background? I mean, we've touched on it. You started in advertising in, in TV and film. How do you go from that sector into to starting a charity and, and now being five years in? Yeah, so I, I started in the film industry in my early 20s. I am a huge, huge film fan and would just spend my weekends just watching film trailers over and over again. And my dream was always to be a film trailer producer. I've had the most amazing career working in film and marketing. I was very fortunate to be surrounded by some incredible marketeers who all, their focus was always on engaging a community or an audience with something really meaningful. Yes, ultimately, we wanted to convert people into getting them into the cinema. But really, for us, the, the focus was always on creating content that would really engage people and would stay with them as well it wasn't about just passive marketing it was about having an emotive effect on people and so I was really proud to be part of the art house film industry during that time but during that period as well is when I founded Red January so I worked on Red January alongside my full-time job for about two and a half years and it was at the time as, as we all have it was almost like a, a hobby it was a real passion project fundamentally I wanted Red January to be that thing that would keep my mum active and keep her supporting her mental health but also recognise that it really kind of tapped into everything everything that I enjoy too which is really bringing people together us getting active I'm a keen runner and also having witnessed what I had with my mum was so inspired by that that I just couldn't take my attention away from it 
but during my time working in film in those latter latter years I would spend and I can share this now because my old boss knows but I would spend time printing off leaflets like staying late in the office because I didn't have any money to invest in the idea mm -hmm. so I was staying late at work just saying no I'm just really busy I just need to be here in the office and about 11 o'clock I was printing off leaflets and posters <laughs> and then on the weekend uh, a group of myself and some friends would just go and stand outside running shops and park runs and, and hand out leaflets just to get that word going and so it was a really looking back I actually I've got such fun memories of that time of launching something and seeing how it was connecting because at the time as I said I didn't set this up to be this thing that's now going nationwide it was very mm. much about creating something for my mum so to see that momentum take place so organically we didn't have any spend other than me printing off leaflets and word of mouth and things like that but it was amazing to see what was happening alongside my my day-to-day -day job. And did, presumably it didn't feel like a second job you, you were passionate about it so your kind of side hustle was was uh, what you really were enjoying more than more than it feeling like a second job oh it's so true yeah so true it, and actually I feel really fortunate for, for it feeling that way because the usual me and a lot of people would say that I'm a bit of a perfectionist so until I've got something absolutely right I won't I won't share it with the world I won't put it out there so with Red January really it was because as you were describing there, it was a bit of a side hustle. I was pulling favors here and there. One of my really good friends who is an incredible creative director worked up the logo and I was watching YouTube videos, creating the website and I set up the social channels and really was just press the button and just put the idea out there knowing that it wasn't a reflection of my best ever <laughs> marketing work, but it was really just a test an idea. And I feel really grateful that at the time it was very much a, a passion project and a, and a hobby and something that I was nurturing in my spare time because it really just let down my barriers a little bit. And I just kind of went for it and just saw what happened, just went on the ride with it. I was going to say, as a, as a, as a perfectionist, I imagine that must have been quite challenging then for, for you. Is, is that right? It was, yeah, I see that, I pressed, it sounds like I was really confident just pressing send on a, on a yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, well that, that'll do, go, go with that. <laughs> but like refreshing the button, like, do people like this? But no, it was, yes, there was definitely a part of me where I was thinking, oh, with, with a little bit of spend behind this, or with some more, more focus on this from other people, obviously recognising what I bring to this project, my background, as I said, is in marketing and advertising, mm -hmm. And obviously through time, and I know we'll come on and talk about this, but I've learned skills, other skills along the way, as you do. But at the time, I knew what I, I knew what I knew and really was relying on close friends and family to kind of feed into it. And was very fortunate that people wanted it to, wanted it to do well. But yeah, having to just let go of my natural instinct with those things actually served me quite well. And as you know, with, when you launch something on social channels, especially, we're very fortunate that we do live in an age, whether we like it or not, where people are very honest. So actually sharing the idea and getting that immediate response where people, I was waking up on the 1st of January 2016 to people around the world engage with this idea and wanting to kickstart their, their new year with Red January. Um, I was really taken aback by that. Um, well, that must have been amazing. So... 
you'd spent however long kind of stealing tr printer cartridges and nicking reams of paper from work <laughs> and then suddenly <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly you caught the momentum and people were jumping on board and, and it, it was all coming together that, that that feeling must have been brilliant oh it really yeah it's as i said i really i look back on those moments so fondly yeah, there were so many special occasions where I, I remember for the first time seeing someone wearing the red t-shirt and I remember running after them, <laughs> <laughs> really embarrassingly running after them because other than my really close friends and family, I hadn't known anyone outside of that that, that was engaged with red. I hadn't seen it because I guess, as you know, you're kind of most of the time stuck behind your laptop, rightly so, trying to get get the momentum going and engage with your community and and all of that so to actually physically see someone engage with the idea I think that's the point where I I felt really moved I just thought okay this is this is so much bigger than this idea that I had in my bedroom and then this is so much more than me and my mum now this is about other people and actually the impact that this idea is having on them so that was the moment that was a real kind of turning point for Red and for that me. Must, that was brilliant for you. It must have also been brilliant for them. They met the, you know, the, the founder came running after them, tapped them <laughs> on the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was, it was, yeah, it was lovely. It was really lovely. I think they were a bit taken aback, but um, no, it was, it was brilliant to see. And also the thing that I encourage kind of year on year is that we get out there and we really hear from Redders as to why they got involved. So for me to chat to someone, as I said, that was outside of my immediate group of friends and family and actually understand what motivated you to join Red January was, yeah, it was, it was amazing to hear. It was amazing to hear their motivations, why they were getting involved, what they were planning on doing to get active. Mm. Um, so that kind of planted a few seeds in my mind as to really what we wanted Red to be, as in we want to hear from that community and we want them to shape, shape Red with us. So, Hannah, I just want to go back a bit, because I think people will be really interested in your story of obviously someone who had something as a passion side project and then made that transition to it being their full time role. And especially in a, in a charity, where, charity sector where we all know it's, it's, it's really challenging and, and, and very difficult to, to get yourself established, to build that community and, you know, really engage and, and raise funds. But can you just talk us through that, that decision making process? What, what was that like at the time when you were like, okay, I'm going for this? It was, and again, thinking, thinking back to it, it was, it was quite an immediate decision. I love film and I had the most incredible time working in the film industry. I feel very lucky for the career that I had there, but very quickly with Red, it was, getting, it was taking my attention away from my day to day. And my spark for Red was was growing. I could see what it was doing and I wanted to give it my full-time attention. So actually the decision in the end wasn't a, wasn't necessarily a hard one to, to leave the film industry. The hardest thing, and, and I'm sure we'll come on and talk about it, was really the money, the monetary side of it. It was the reality of needing to pay the bills and how that was going to work, like how we were going to, to fund this. As I said before, I was pulling a lot of favors from incredible friends but the reality is to sustain something like this we needed to create an infrastructure that was sustainable mm. um i say all of that but i actually handed in my notice without any of that in place <laughs> <laughs> so i and for people that know me know that once i get an idea i, I can't let it go so I was very fortunate when i when i did hand in my notice on the the film industry as it were that they were so 
respectful to my decision and they loved Red January and, and wanted to support it in some way. Um, but short, so I handed in my notice and then the following day I went out to the desert to do Marathon de Sable. So I was very much, uh, <laughs> I think in my mind, I hadn't actually planned to do it that way. And it sounds, even when I'm saying it, it sounds a little bit cliche that I was like, okay, I'm going to hand in my notice and then I'm going to go to the desert and then I'll just mm. work it out. Mm. But that's kind of what I did. And I wouldn't say that I worked it out in the desert, but it was very much a little bit of time just for me to stop overthinking and stop being overwhelmed by loads of thoughts in terms of what would be the right decision. At the time as well, we were in conversation with, with Mind. So for the first two years of Red January, we were raising money for Mind and the Red community were raising an incredible amount to continue their services. So kind of thought that if, if this does continue in the way that I hope it would, that we would develop some kind of partnership with Mind. So ultimately I could kind of dedicate my full time and energy to something that I could see was making a real difference as well. Mm. Um, I guess that's the kind of event you don't, you can't really think about much else on that event. You have to take a bit of a break. That's a serious challenge, that one, isn't it? You've got to, you've got to pause and focus on that for, for that yeah. period. <laughs> You're like, okay, this is, as you described, it is very serious, but also there were definitely what hours, if not days where you are kind of trudging along. So you're only in your own head. I, rightly or wrongly didn't take any music or anything like that with me out there because really just wanted this to be an opportunity where I just was was fully fully focused strangely though when people are like oh did you did you have a real epiphany out there like in the middle of the desert but I I didn't have anything like that but if anything I'm kind of grateful for that because if anything it just switched my mind into getting from A to B just the very kind of the getting back to basics and that's something that I have feel so passionately about with Red January as well. So it was almost the two things were kind of aligning themselves in part. It was the idea of just getting back to basics and have a phone or anything with me. It was more about getting some food in my body, getting some water in my body and just every day getting from A to B. It was as simple as that. I'm not obviously undermining the experience because bloody hell it was tough, but it was really getting back to basics was it was a dream. It was an absolute dream. And it just cemented what I was, what I was hoping that Red January would become that idea of, I think over the past few years, especially, I feel like the, the, the fitness space, the wellbeing space has got perhaps a little overcomplicated. And so felt really strongly that I wanted Red January to be that thing that, as I said, got back to basics. So it was, it was amazing to have that experience in the desert, which kind of solidified that that for me as well and there's probably quite a lot in that Hannah I guess you know in in terms of kind of that simplistic approach which which it sounds like you took into to Red January and it was a simple idea and you've kept that at its core at least from what I know of the of your organization now it, it is a simple idea I mean I remember when you and I sat down maybe a few months ago and you explained it and, and you get it within a you know within a very short space of time I guess that's maybe one thing that people would could could take away from this conversation but is there anything else from your experience of going from passion project to to start in the charity organization anything that you learned during that phase that maybe you would say if there's someone listening to this who's thinking of taking a similar journey remember this or do this or or, or talk to this person or is there any other tips that you'd give for anyone in that situation 
Yeah, absolutely. So I think fundamentally, one of the biggest tips was you don't need to have all the answers. I think one thing I found with this was, especially because I had pulled, it pulled in so many favours was that I didn't continue doing that and also wanted to really start shaping this thing. But yeah, just knowing that I didn't have all the answers took me a little bit of time to get to. I have this running joke with my previous flatmate because she always knew if I was working through something because there'll be a delivery of Amazon books coming through the door. And it was either like a finance book or a how to grow a charity book or a, a business book on how to manage your time. Or, And I was trying to <laughs> absorb as much information as I could. And it left me feeling really overwhelmed because there was there's so much incredible advice out there. But it was just that thing of trying to navigate all of that advice and think, okay, what's right for red? How do I feel my way through this? So yeah, for me, it would be don't put too much pressure on yourself to have all the answers. And actually, the goodwill of people around you isn't because they would tell you if they can't give you their advice or input. Your, your good friends will say, look, I can't do any more on this or that's where my kind of, that's where my help ends as it were. But actually people that get around this and want to feed into it, it's because they care about it too. So let them mm. do that as well. Don't feel like you're putting pressure on, on people because it's definitely not the case. And I, the other thing as well is, I guess part of that is I had a lot of people giving me advice and again, looking, looking back and the advice was incredible, but again, felt quite overwhelmed with a lot of people's opinions. <clears throat> and actually on reflection and what I've got to now is I have one or two close people, trusted people that have been on this journey with me. And I keep very, very close to red and I turn to those people. That's not to say I obviously don't listen and, and respect other people's judgments, but it's about having one to two people that I turn to because otherwise, I feel like you can get pulled around from different people's opinions and experiences. Too um, many cooks. It's that. Mm. It's exactly that. So um, have streamlined all of that, and I don't order as many as many books now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you're not. I mean, we're used to being on these Zoom calls, and I, I sorry to just change the subject slightly, but I read something uh, the other day that says, "What does your backdrop on a Zoom call say about you?" Ah. And it said that it said those that have a books in, in, in behind them, a bookcase, are obviously have a bit of an issue regarding their intellect, <laughs> and that they're trying to uh, show show who's viewing it something else. Obviously, this is a podcast. <laughs> are they I've even got, real? I've got finance for beginners. I've got charity for beginners. I've got <laughs> all of those books that you read, Hannah. I've got Tasty. Oh. oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I've actually just moved in with my partner. So just a couple of days before lockdown. Hini's flat is quite petite and so I had quite a big bookshelf but I had to put it in storage so I'm just coming to terms with. <laughs> oh, th th well this is a bit of a new tact for the uh, Do More Good podcast but how's that going? How, how are you getting on Hannah with you you're living with your new partner? Uh, luckily it's going very well I used to <laughs> I, thankfully I'm sharing that but yeah we used to work in film together so we work we work really well together so I'm, I'm very lucky. <laughs> That's good. So whilst Kenneth is off getting the drinks in, I'll just remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DoMoreGoodPod. Or take a look at the website, DoMoreGood.uk, which is where you can sign up for the Do More Good newsletter. A reminder about new episodes, news on our latest plans, and perhaps some VIP content. Now, I'm a big fan of the like, whereas Kenneth is more of a retweet kind of guy. Either way, we'd love to hear from you with thoughts, suggestions, reviews 
or just to let us know you got home okay. Anyway, he's on his way back now. Yeah, well, so we're into lockdown. It's been a funny couple of weeks. How, how has that been for you and, and running the organisation and kind of personally as well? How's that been? It, I'm starting to get into a, a routine that works for me and works for Red. But it, at first, and I guess, and I don't know from chatting to friends that they were experiencing this too, but it was kind of a day-to-day feeling my way through it. I was sharing with Kenneth early, actually, I read a book before we went into lockdown that was about prioritizing your work. And one of the big things in that was just finding the three things that you want to, one to three things that you want to achieve that day and not moving on to the next task until you've completed it. It sounds really simple when I'm saying it out loud, but during Red January, because it is a really intense campaign and, and rightly so, there's a lot of people that are engaging with it and need our attention. So it's actually been really good just to get back to not reacting to things and just focus on the things that need my attention. And as I said earlier, it's actually been good just to take a bit of a deep breath with it all and and make sure that we're working towards our ultimate kind of ambition with this as well. So no, it's been it's been good and also fitting in my own activity. I've started doing 5K in the morning, which is actually something I've been wanting to get back into for a while. So it's a bit of a silver lining to be able to start the day with a 5k and then it kind of sets me up for the day but no it's been it's been good it's yeah I guess with all of this stuff things are changing quite quickly as we know from a kind of a funding perspective things in that area are potentially on hold for a, for a lot of things that we were looking at progressing but that's okay we know that those things will come eventually and as a kind of an interim thing and something that we've always felt really passionately about, we've recently launched Red Together. So the focus really for that is on bringing that community back together and motivating them to keep active, especially during this really unique time. Um, So we're focused on sharing practical and inclusive and free ways that people can get active. And it's been amazing to see that Red community almost, it's like they're back in January again. They're motivating each other out of bed. If they can't leave the house for whatever reason, then a redder is doing it on their behalf. And all the creative ways that they've been getting active as well. So we've seen people with like baked bean ta- like cans doing uh, weights, putting their kids on the back and doing press-ups and things like that. And it really gets back to the point that I was making earlier about getting back to basics. Mm. You don't need any, you don't necessarily need any equipment. We can use your kid as like <laughs> just a weight on your back. But uh, I was we- going to say some of those books behind James probably have got a bit of weight behind them. I mean, there's, <laughs> you know. there, there is that, that link as well. It does keep coming up at the moment around mental health and lockdowns and people being maybe on their own or, you know, just just being at home for this period of time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that we we're really conscious of anyway. Even despite this situation, it's something that we we always want to make sure that we're we're there for the community and we're continuing to support their efforts to keep active. But yeah, you're right. Of course, this time, and even if you don't have a mental health condition, as it were, it's it's a testing time for everyone. And we're having to switch up our routines, which for a lot of people, routine really grounds them and is something that they really latch onto. And it's that thing that supports their well-being on a day-to-day basis. So to have that kind of taken away. Is, is a big thing on people and we are really conscious of that and we're we're fortunate at Red because that community is and I know I'm biased saying this but they are incredibly special and they what they do is help really normalize that conversation around mental health 
in a way that I've never seen, I've never seen happen before. They're very honest and open. They share things with each other that they wouldn't even necessarily, necessarily share with their loved ones. But I think that's so important right now because for a lot of us, yes, we're wanting to be like, you know what? There's so many positives that are coming out of this experience. And yes, that's true. But ultimately we're all going to wake up at some point and feel the real kind of the pressure of all of this as well. The pressure to be turning this into something very positive in itself is a pressure. So it's just, yeah, it's trying to kind of make sure that us as Red are really listening to what the community are experiencing at the moment. And also making sure that we're not saying, keep getting active because you'll feel better. Because for some people getting active is getting out of bed. Is going to brush their teeth. Is going for a walk down to the local shop. So we're, as always with Red, we want to make sure that it's not one size fits all here. We want to listen to that community, and um, they're telling us at the moment that they do really need something like a Red Together. So I'm really thankful that we can be a part of that with them. And Hannah, I guess there's, I probably should have asked this question earlier, but I'm, I'm sure there's people listening to this that are wondering. Oh, how, how do I get to be part of this community? What, what, what is Red January? I can't believe there's many that are saying that, but can you just give us the, the, the elevator pitch of what Red January or Red is all about? Yeah, absolutely. So Red January, so the idea behind it is to get active every day in January to beat the blues away. When we say get active, it can be anything that you, that you want it to be. So we've seen people up and down the country doing different activities. So schools doing it as part of their daily mile, uh, we've been to retirement homes and they're doing exercises on their chair. People in and out of their home, creating some routine that works for them. Running up and down their stairs, training for a marathon, training for their first Ironman. So there's so much scope to what you can set as your own personal goal, really, to get active every day. So that's the focus for us. And really, we wanted to always to make sure that it was fully inclusive, hence why you can do any form of activity. The one thing we actually saw a big rise in this year was cold water swimming. I don't know mm. if either of you have tried. Uh, I jumped in the serpentine at Swim Serpentine this year for my first open water swim. And uh, yeah, that was cold, even though it was 20 degrees in September. So Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine cold water swimming. <laughs> but I think that's so cold water swimming was a big thing in, in January paddle boarding as well so all of these things that you would never all these activities that I personally would never have associated with January people are out there and doing them which is just mm. incredible there's like there's no barriers to what activities people are doing so it's been amazing to see the different ways that people have, have been getting active in a way that works for them but the big thing for us has always been around as not being this one month novelty challenge we recognize that with Red January, especially the whole kind of beat the blues away, that it could seem perhaps a little bit like we're being quite flippant as an exercise is going to basically cure, cure your mental health condition. We fundamentally, and I hope it, I hope it shows, and I, I feel like it does show given how engaged that community are with this idea, but really for us, it's about forming a healthy habit that mm. will support you throughout the rest of the year and beyond, hopefully. We're doing some incredible work at the moment, actually, with the University of Oxford. And they're funding a piece of research, um, which involves some surveys and some focus groups. But ultimately, we want to understand behavioural changes throughout the month. And at what point during January would people say that a healthy habit has started to be formed? So we're starting to really understand it's much more than about getting active every day. Yes, that's absolutely part of the concept. But for us, the focus has always been on 
really how is it supporting that individual and how is it creating something that's going to be a part of their their day-to-day it's the reason why we don't even use the word exercise or sport in our campaign it's about Mm. movement and physical activity and we're starting to see it happening people throughout the year are, are out there and signing up to races and having another focus and a goal but there's definitely more work to be done around that so is it cause agnostic or, I mean, you, you mentioned earlier, you've obviously got an affinity with Mind and you've raised a lot for them over the years, but how, how does that side of the, the organisation work? Yeah, so when we first founded Red January, we recognised that it's a challenge to get active every single day. So we always knew that people would want to raise money for charity and Mind always felt like the perfect charity, the fact that that Red community gets to put back into the mental health sector. And as you said at the start as well, we, we also recognised that people in that community were benefiting from those services. So it just felt like a, the perfect fit, really. And in terms of them having the opportunity to continue that work, felt so important. So really, the, the focus has always been around you can support yourself and others too. And that's really how that fundraising ask has been generated over the past over the past few years. But it's been amazing as part of the partnership with Mind to, to kind of go behind the scenes at Mind and really see where that money's going as well. And I had the amazing opportunity to go and join the volunteers that work at the Mind Info line and was completely taken aback by the work that they do there. I wish that they all deserve they all deserve so much more than there should be such a spotlight on them and I wish people could witness what they're doing day to day because it's it's a lifeline it's an absolute lifeline for so many and so um, the positives coming out of this this period I think there's been a real spotlight on kind of key workers and, and, and people who actually when problems occur there are certain people and certain roles that are crucial to this country running and, and hopefully yeah you're right they get a bit more of a spotlight from here on absolutely absolutely and they have been in my mind quite a lot recently as well because as I said they are a lot of them are volunteers so yeah I'm I'm hopeful that the work that I know mind is doing at the moment around its funding activities and and things like that will help continue that work because I genuinely can't imagine a future without them there shouldn't be a future without mind and I mm. I hope that the work obviously that we're doing through Red January, the incredible efforts of that Red community in terms of the fundraising assets that they make year on year. People have such goodwill around this and they want it to continue. And now more than ever, we, we all need it. Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess that just leads us to a question, Hannah, about what, what, what does the future, and I, and I appreciate that that might be a difficult question during this time because there's obviously a lot of uncertainty regarding all aspects of the future at the moment uh, across all aspects of life but in terms of red what what's your aspirations what what where do you hope for it to to go in the coming years for us the focus has always been on that community and in an ideal world the dream would be to be very much on the ground with that community Mm -hmm. so being able to get out there and really be a part of the month with them and the lead up with them and hear from from them really as I said earlier that the ambition with this is for that community to be shaping the future of, of Red January. We can't do that if we're not there on the ground hearing from those people. So yeah. the ultimate ambition is to be out there on the ground, working with schools, working with workplaces, working with local organisations and hearing from the local Redders. I am a firm believer and it's the thing that marketing has always taught me is, and just general life has taught me is really 
yes, you can make in, informed decisions based on your past experience, but really to, to shape this and to create something that's really sustainable and is going to be around for a long time to continue support, supporting people. You have to listen. You have to be open to people's feedback. You can't shape something on your own. You have to get the community's back, backing behind you. And that's ultimately what, what we want from this. So we are looking at ways that we can get out there and, and be with, with Redders and, yeah, include them in, in all of our decisions. That's great. That sounds amazing. Like, <clears throat> I mean, you know, to go from a standing start as a side project to, to kind of get to where you are and over 150,000 people, you know, be involved in something that you created, you know, must be, must be huge. Well, you're very humble, I know, but, you know, it's a great accolade to yourself and, you know, I hope it goes, continues to, to go on. Hannah, where, where can people find more if they're, if they're interested maybe in yourself and in the story or they, or they want to get involved? Yeah, so they can head to uh, redtogether.co.uk. There's more information about Red Together, so how you can get involved in the campaign at the moment. And there's some tools on there as well, so you can download your own calendar and kind of tick off each day as you want to get active. And yeah, there's my, my mum and my kind of backstory as well, if you want more details on that. Do you want to get, should we head in for some uh, quick fire questions? Let's do that. Yeah. Go on then, you can go first. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> if you could transport back in time, Hannah, and meet your 20-year-old self, what piece of advice would you give and why? I would tell myself, I would remind myself not to put so much pressure on myself and just to go, just to go with the flow a bit more. Don't feel like you have to have everything planned out in front of you. Yeah, just to feel your way through it and know that if you work hard, good things will come. Cool. Good answer. Okay. Uh, expecting big things here, Hannah, so no pressure. <laughs> Can you tell us about one life hack or productivity tool, a habit or a skill, or something that you've taught yourself recently that you think everybody needs to know about? Oh, these are very good. So I mentioned it earlier, actually in the interview but genuinely and I know it's only been a week so talk to me next week and I'm going to be but really it's the setting yourself priorities for the day and usually it's those tasks that you've been putting off for bloody months it's those things that you just really don't want to be doing you always go for the thing that you know you can do very easily yeah. um, or the thing that comes naturally sorry but yeah so identifying the thing during your day that you know you need to get done and not moving on to the next thing until you've done it. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how long it takes you. Yeah. I've heard the phrase, eat the frog. Have you heard that before? Oh, never heard that. I don't know where it came uh, from. It's catchy though. It's catchy. Must be one of those revolutionary books you've got behind you, James. Is that where you... <laughs> Final question for you, Hannah. Yeah. Um, as a podcast that is focused around people doing more good, what is your favourite story or inspiring individual that you have met on your journey or comes to mind from the last couple of weeks who has done something good for others oh goodness oh there's so many from the red community i think the thing and this isn't just in the past few weeks that i have witnessed it in the past few weeks but and again i did i touched on it earlier but it's seeing that community for whatever reason if somebody can't get out of bed or get out of their home the fact that they go and do their activity on their behalf I just think what a wonderful thing and that really ha that's come from them that's that's them witnessing that that person has this real desire to get out and get active but 
just can't for that day and that's okay but they they go and do it on their behalf and they dedicate oh. their run or walk to someone i just think yeah i yeah i yeah i'm always amazed by that community they're they're really very very special so yeah that for me is it's always been the thing where i'm like there's good people out there i've never people. heard that's amazing i love that i've never heard never heard of someone doing that but yeah it makes complete sense it makes complete yeah. sense yeah that's, that's really good can i can i ask kenneth to do my activity for me that's how it works <laughs> can you go and run my marathon for me i'll tell you what i'll run your marathon if you read one of those books <laughs> well look hannah thank you so much for your time like oh, we, we really do appreciate it it's, it's great to chat to you and you know hopefully we'll get to do this face to face again in, in the future but is there anything any final words any final messages you wanted to, to leave for anybody at all i guess really it's around if you are able to to get active in a way that works for you then hopefully there's some things via red that will help support you and that community I, even outside of getting active if you want to feel a part of something right now not just red but there's so many people that are creating such amazing communities that you don't need to feel alone with with your thoughts and just know that you're not alone there's so many people out there that just get it so um yeah i hope i hope that that's kind of rings true with what we're trying to do with red at least cool yeah. well thank you so much james any final thoughts before we uh no, I don't think so. I'm, I'm, I'm going to spend this weekend reading some of these books, obviously. So I can... <laughs> How about you, Kenneth? What are you up to this weekend? Probably sitting about 10 metres from where I'm sitting right now in my garden, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Very so nice. yeah. Well, look, let's wrap it up there. Hannah, thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, we'll speak to you soon, James. We'll, we'll speak soon. So, James, just wrapped up another fantastic episode, if I don't say so myself. How did you find it? It's all right, wasn't it? <laughs> If anyone wants to kind of follow up and actually enjoy this thing, where can they find us? Well, we're on Twitter, Kenneth, at Do More Good Pod. Instagram, at Do More Good Pod. Have we gone multi-channel and even gone to YouTube? We have, but you can find all those videos on the website, domoregood.uk. And if you want to contact us by email, please use contact at domoregood.uk. 